Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be chatting to my good friend, Dion Finocario. Dion's a coach at Evolve Running, um, and he's also achieved many things in the running world, uh, amongst one of them being the 50K Australian record holder. Uh, welcome to the show, Dion. Thanks, Dane. Always good to have a chat and be back on the podcast. Uh, thanks for agreeing to jump on at short notice. Uh, Today, uh, like I mentioned before, I wanted to talk about uh, coaching the individual and what that means. And probably I want to sort of talk about a question that uh, I field a lot um, uh, each year, and I'm sure you would as a buddy and coach. Um, You get a new runner or someone who's interested in taking up running and they come up to you and go, uh, what should I do for training for, say, a 5K? And they ask you, um, you know, within meeting you for five minutes or so, um, and you often feel that question all the time. How do you go about answering that, Dion? I think really the, one of the things that is really important is context. So knowing if they've either come out of an injury or if they've never ran the distance before or if there's somebody that's looking to sharpen up a previous best time. So understanding where they are currently is important. And then, yeah, whether you spend five minutes with them in person, talking with them, or if you're doing it remotely. So, you know, like we were just chatting before, I'm coaching people overseas, um, probably five or so people overseas, and there's a handful interstate runners that I've not met. And so I think that is a, a barrier in terms of really understanding where the athlete is. And thankfully, I've got a, a bit of a questionnaire that I run people through that really kind of helps me. You kind of stalk their previous history if they're on Strava or whatnot. Because otherwise, it becomes really difficult and it's hard to ascertain, you know, if you're going to be able to give them uh, something that's specific to what they're after, you know. So you give somebody some speed sessions, but if they've never really done speed sessions before or if their mileage is quite low, that wouldn't be appropriate for them. So giving somebody general, you know, 5K runs or 4K runs just to build up their base endurance and then after a little while you can, you know, start to implement some speed work or, you know, just monitoring their heart rate making sure that 
they're at least having some easy days in the week because, you know, I've even got um, one of my cousins, he's trying to build up for a five and a 10K and, you know, he, you know, kind of runs at like 160 beats for all of his runs. And I said, hey, mate, like, that's just too hard. You need to have at least one or two days where you're like, you think you're just going stupidly slow because otherwise, if you're going hard all the time, you're never fresh enough to run quite well. And that's something that we're always going to experience as coaches, massage therapists, physios, that people are also time poor, so they just need to feel like they're getting enough training with the time they've got available. But sometimes you do need to go a bit slower to go a bit faster. But again, like we can't run the miles for each person. So allowing them to, we're kind of mentoring them and giving them some guidance you know, I would prefer if you ran a bit slower or I would prefer if you, you know, if you were kind of static with your progression and you're running some, let's say, 60Ks a week, but you're not improving, maybe if we kind of play with the amount of speed versus easy running that you're doing and if you're not doing anything other than 5-minute Ks for every single run and you want to run... 430s for your 5k then some speed work under 5k it's not an all-out effort and you kind of feel it's a bit more sustainable but yeah it, it's always always going to be barriers with working with an individual especially when there's kind of some remoteness um, included in that yeah I've, I've definitely learned that over covid doing physiotherapy online um you you know, there's a barrier in that, like, you just feel like you don't get to intimately know the person as well. And you try your best with um, questionnaires and and with the online appointment. Um, uh, but without seeing the person in person at training, um, sometimes you take their word a lot for it. Like when they're doing an easy run, you just assume it's an easy run. Um, uh, but without seeing, you know... Um, heart rate and, and various data sometimes it's it's hard to really know um i um a few months ago saw this awesome uh post uh on twitter uh by this guy called trent stellingworth and it was in reference to a study that was done and it showed the variation in adaptation to uh training aerobic training so all these participants participated in the study and they all did the same vo2 max sessions three times a week for six weeks and they their adaptation and the aerobic adaptation was studied over time and it was interesting how even though all the athletes did the same training some athletes improved markedly some people remained stable and didn't improve at all. And some people actually got worse. Um, and I feel like this study um, really shows how nuanced training can be. So obviously there's fundamentals that um, we all try to aim to do. Like we, you have to run to get better at running, but how much running um, that needs to be and what type of running, um, whether it's fast or slow running, whether it's hilly running, um, it really depends on the individual and what they're training for um, and, and then like how much rest they need, recovery they need, uh, how much focus they need on nutrition and uh, 
the mental side of sport. It's so individual. And yeah, I just remember also like another, another little mini story with one of the athletes I've coached for two or three years. Um, uh, he was just starting um, out of school and uh, he's always trained by himself, but he'd always trained a fair degree. Like he'd trained for 10 years um, every day. And so it's not through a lack of effort that he wasn't improving. He was training a lot, but he trained solo and he trained without a group. And he approached me and said, oh, Dane, I'd love to be coached by you. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to coach you. And he's like, what should I do for training? And I was like, well, the, I only want, I, the one thing I want you to do is get a car because you don't have a car. And if you can get to our oh, group wow. training, you'll get better. And um, so that was his goal for the first three months while I was coaching him. I didn't tell him anything except for get a car. And um, he got a car and then he got to training three times a week. And um, yeah, he improved a lot because he had the group, the group effect, the power of the group effect. And it was interesting how like, yeah, that was my advice for getting better at 5K running uh, for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't That's the training. Um, and, I, and I know who it is. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was the access, access to um, a good environment and, and it made interval training and speed work easier. Um, so yeah, it, it's, um, it shows how um, you need to take the person into context and the individual into context and, and understand uh, what might be barriers for entry and um, and, and what might be the lowest hanging fruit and, and what, what's holding them back from getting better. Um, so yeah. yeah, I like that aspect. Would you, would you say that that is like, you know, kind of what you were going on and accountability partner, is that kind of, you know, for some people and you're pushing a little bit more harder or a bit more effort onto your runs, you're going to improve. And then for some people, like, if you're if you have an accountability partner or group but maybe if they're like out of your realm of speed or whatnot maybe they're too fast or maybe they're too slow they may also not improve so yeah. like again it's like that um it, it, it is also individualized that people like that and we're, we're not robots, so we're not all going to benefit from the same things. And some people will benefit from something that is completely different to what you may fundamentally believe in. And that it really challenges us as coaches. And it really, it definitely gives us a lot of learning and we're a lot more capable of, of refining things and working with people because, you know, that's essentially what we, what we do and it makes us better to equip to help other people down the line that we've had experience working with people who maybe they have anxiety running in groups or maybe they're afraid of water so they can't run down on the coast or something because they think that they're going to get swallowed up by the bay or something you know it could yeah. be something and um other people they just completely have no time and they have to train at four in the morning or they have to train at midday or whatever it is so there is so many variables that we're never going to be able to be on top of everything. But if, if we're a, an advisor, if we listen, if we check in or it's a two way street, you know, they're checking in and saying, Hey, I'm um, got a little bit of a sore spot in my leg. And, you know, like you would 
be a perfect person for this. Like, I've got a sore spot in my leg. It's hot at night. What do you think I should do? Like, straight away, you're going to be like, well, don't run. If you, yeah. You're going to get a stress reaction in, in your in your leg or something. And um, I think the communication is important. But again, it's like how much communication is going to happen. It's going to be difficult on a daily basis, but because we're all so busy, but it is such an extreme that our the way that we interact with people can be like some people will be completely fine with no interaction for the month. Yeah. And then someone needs a oh, you didn't give me kudos on my run today. You know, what's going on? You know? Yeah. So it, it, it is so extreme. And I've, and I've had both. And <laughs> they kind of balance each other out, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's really well put. Yeah, I had, had this athlete who... Um, I was telling him to run easier, run easier, run easier all the time, but the message just didn't hit home. And so I'd always check his Strava and every easy run was always the same. And, uh, but then Tin Man Elite, um, so that run group from America, um, start, did a, uh, I don't know, some kind of podcast episode on, on it. And, and they all were saying, oh, we run easy on our easy runs and, and this athlete worshipped Tin Man. Um, and like ever since he heard them say exactly the same message that I'd been saying for about a year or two, um, it hit home and, he, and he's... Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, oh, yeah, it's, yep. it's interesting how um, sometimes it depends. Like you've, got, you've almost got to... And that's what I've been noticing lately. Like if you know there's an athlete that someone looks up to that athlete, then... And you know that they're sort of a good example of, of what you think that athlete should harness a bit more or, or, or needs to work on. Then sometimes it's good pairing them up for some, some easy runs together or, or to, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how um, sometimes certain messages can be delivered better by some other people. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, and, and, and it's almost like that in, like, a, a relationship. Your partner yeah. tells you something, don't, don't do this, don't do that, and then, you know, it could be something simple, and you know that it's probably the right thing, but then some stranger says it to you that you bump into on the street and you're like, yeah, I've got to change my... I've got to stop eating this, I've got to stop doing that. Yeah. And it just gets some fresh eyes. Yeah. And... <laughs> And it could be anyone that says something, but yeah, you, you can, like the light bulb kind of switches and then you just, you know, you change you, your thought processes because it's, again, it's uh, just like the stamp, you know, on the envelope, it's just, it sealed the deal. It's like, okay, someone else giving me the confirmation that, you know, you know, and because like you could be saying something every single day, but then when someone else then reconfirms it, it just says, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's just put the nail in the coffin." And I, I, I do need to adapt. And and yeah, 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 exactly. Like sometimes it can just hit home when it's someone else saying it, um, where you know they're a fresh set of eyes, and um, yeah, it's it, it's yeah, that's. It's a it's a good, good um, yeah good good um 
point to know because um yeah i think that's what makes coaching the individual so hard is like is um yeah people respond to um yeah messages um differently um and uh yeah there's even like um if i was trying to pump one of my athletes up and and get them to run well then i'd talk about times and 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 um, he'd, he'd love it and like he'd get all amped up about it and then I've got a couple of other athletes where if I did that I'd just make them a nervous wreck um, and they'd be all anxious before um, the run or the training session and and uh, yeah I really try to um, get them to um, yeah I mean just um, enjoy it, like relax a little bit more and, and it's a completely different um, uh, tack um, that you or, or way that you try to um get them ready for the race um so like it yeah those little um uh characteristics that make up an individual there's so many of them like whether it's yeah your personality um uh yeah whether it's uh, how flexible you are whether it's how how resilient and robust you are uh yeah whether it's your how whether you're a fast twitch athlete versus slow twitch like um all these characteristics are sort of on a continuum and they're non-binary and we're somewhere on the, on that continuum and all those characteristics sort of, um, you know, uh, mash together and that's what creates you. And that's why it's so hard to, to like give this one size fits all, oh, do this and you'll be right um, kind of approach. Um, yeah. Do this training session and do this for six weeks and I don't need to talk to you again. Um, and you'll be right um, kind of approach if you really want to get better and if you really want to stay injury free um, yeah 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 so, so yeah. you need to you know have that flexibility you need to have that idea of like oh, okay I'll try this but um, you know if, if I'm getting um, sore or tired then I might need to tinker with it a little bit and and maybe I can't just copy um, you know my idols training on Strava even though I want to be like them maybe I've got to dilute a little bit maybe i can take some inspiration from them but maybe i have yeah. to make it my own yeah yeah do you have anything to say uh, about I that think, i think being being able to um you know you've obviously if you've got mentors and stuff then you, it's easy to just jump from one theory to the next as you know research kind of evolves and, and it, at some stage, you know, low, low power, multiple reps is a great thing. Then now all of a sudden we're going to higher strength and less reps is so in terms of your gym work. And, and I think having too many mentors gives you a wide variety of information coming in, but it can also be really confusing. So you just, I would say like, yeah, just needing to be like, not careful, but just not listen to everything, but just try and listen to what the majority of, you know, research or of, of what people are saying. And not because you're following the sheep, but you're just following what the most common consensus is. And it might even just be local to your, I guess, area. So it might just say for our purpose, it might just be Australia wide, you know, and it's not a global thing because we're in a different hemisphere and whatnot. But um, yeah, and then and then with you know the example that you were saying with the sessions that you would 
and the time goals that you would give your athletes versus someone else that it might also cause some distress or whatnot. I think as long as if, if people are finding their, if they're just being able to be consistent and just to be okay or be good just consistently, you're going to be great eventually compared to where you are now. And, you know, you don't need to be really, really great at, you know, two or three sessions and then just all of a sudden you're a different athlete. I think it's just be great at being consistent and you will be good at anything that you do, whether it's running or you're swimming or you've you got your own business or whatever it is. Just be great at being consistent and just show up and, and do your thing and, and just try and where you can enjoy the process. You know, talk with people if that's what you like. Um, whether you are even catching up with them every day for your run, or if you then, hey, let's let's meet up for a coffee because that you know that gets me to my run. If you can do all those things and enjoy the process, you're just going to be really good at being consistent, and that's that's inevitably where you're going to get the most gains. So having a friend or or having someone that you look up to on Strava that inspires you is also a really good way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I think yeah. if that if that's the fundamental um, fundamental thing that you aim for, like you, you hear that so often, and that's so often the advice that rolls off my tongue is like if you can just make your middle name consistent, like if if that's what you can be, and and you don't get injured for two years, then you're going to Im- improve. So. You, you have to try to like, um, yeah, y- um, put things into your life that make you consistent or make you keep showing up, make you turning up. And if there's aspects um, that make you not want to do it, or you're making it too hard for yourself, and you're ma- you're overcomplicating it, um, then um, y- you're gonna lose that consistency. Um, or if you're, yeah, training too hard, um, uh, and you. Uh, do, yeah, you're trying to do too much, then you're going to lose that consistency. Um, so that is a good way to keep it simple, um, uh, for sure. Um, and But then you've just got to, like, understand over time, like, what what makes you consistent and, and what makes you keep wanting to do it and turning up um, each week. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whatever gets you showing up more often, like, if you... If you're like, oh, I'm not feeling a session today, I'm just going to go run with the group and just jog, then like, if that gets you out the door and running versus I I don't mentally have it today, I'll just sit on the couch or, you know, eat some chips or whatever it is, or, you know, like, just go and do an easy run and don't even do the workout. But like, by just doing a basic run with no goal um, apart from just building a brick you know if you want to have a great house you build it with lots of bricks and you know don't just use sticks because yeah. you know if, if there's some like you know if there's like a strong challenge of like a wind or something like that but then you know the brick house is always going to be standing at the end so like by adding another brick to your house of a general run like you're going to be a lot better. And, and that's, and that's just what I try and get everyone doing. Like, I don't care if you're really good this week, but I I want you to just, I just want you to show up. I just want you to do something. And eventually you're actually like, 
you you know you just built so many layers that you're just going to be it's going to be really hard for you to either break down or more often than not you're going to have a success with your run you might not run the best time in the world or you might not run the the pinnacle of what you were achieving for but you're going to be a hell of a lot closer than if you like missed a whole chunk of runs because you missed time with an injury or something oh yeah 100 percent um yeah it's uh like uh, and like another another example on, on that consistency front, um, it, it's pretty much the same same athlete that I mentioned before about the car. Um, uh, yeah, he's had two stress fractures in the last um, ten months, and the the last one was like a really um, decent one, and we were just like, this is not right. Like, why are you breaking down so often? Um, he's got a brother that could double his mileage and not break down. Um, and so we're, we're sort of like, well, what's different between you two? Like, um, like not much. Like you're pretty much the same, you know, same genes. Same like body. What, what, yeah. Same body. Yeah, same body. <laughs> so like you're – and then we did all – like we, we went through like the whole rigmarole of doing all this. I've seen the sports doctor, getting all this um, workup, follow-up, trying to work out what was going on. And nothing really came up other than he needed to get stronger and he needed to get – work on his mechanics a little bit more and, and get a bit more coordinated and so he's had four months off running um and he's got a whole heap stronger and a lot more coordinated um and he hasn't really worked on his fitness that much just yet um but already like um yeah within a few weeks um of getting back to training he's already running quite well um and he looks looks a lot different and this year He's going to run five days a week instead of seven. Um, and he's going to, because uh, that's that's 100 days less over the next year that he will run. Um, so we're like, you're not going to get a bone injury off that. So we're going to keep you consistent. We'll keep you running. Um, and also you've got a stronger body. And um, yeah, I think, I think uh, over time he'll be able to do the same mileage that his brother does, but it's just going to take a little while to get there. Um, but that's that's sort of like understanding individually where he's at rather than being in denial and not addressing it properly and just forcing seven days a week training exactly what got him injured twice in the last 10 months um, if we just did seven days a week 100 k's a week uh, again we wouldn't have changed anything and um, we wouldn't have gone about trying to change his individual profile so um, we sort of worked on his weaknesses um, uh, which was too much running for how strong he was. We've reduced his running load and increasing his strength and, and his um, and his coordination and and uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't fatigue as much um, as he runs. Um, and uh, yeah, ho hopefully his body holds up. Now the time will tell, but like I think I just wanted to raise that example because it's sort of examples yeah. like that that um, yeah, it's just like so typical of how how everyone should view their running journey like there's ups and downs um and and you just learn stuff about yourself all the time it's 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 um yeah it's just just goes like that that's how it is yeah and on that note like even just this last weekend i did this you know uh, 50k trail breaks and you know i knew i would get through and 50k wouldn't be a you know it's a challenge but like i knew i would get through fine but something that like is different to me 
what I would normally do is row running and whatnot, but I did this trail run and it was, there were definitely parts where it was like quite challenging, much more difficult than two days. And there was a lot of, you know, uh, just trail terrain where there's like rocks and there's, you know, roots in the ground and there's um, lots of branches and things. And so it was a lot of stabilizing with my balance and after the run, like my legs were kind of okay, but the thing that I'm the most fatigued is my peroneals, just to the stability of all of the balancing. Yeah. And so, if I was to coach a road runner, it's very different to a trail runner. I would say I want you to do one less or two less runs a week, but I want you to get in the gym and and work on your, you know, your trail trail core. You know, your your core muscles, your stabilizers, doing some single leg balancing. And just making sure that, you know, and also just strengthening the quads because so much downhill running, they're not the sort of things that they're probably not as important or don't need as much emphasis for a road runner. But if you're doing trail runs where they're actually challenging terrain, you really need to coach for that uh, terrain as well and making sure that that person isn't going to break down like, I would feel like an absolute fool if I got injured over Tibet, you know, tendinopathy because I'm not trail fit, you know. You know, I'm I'm fit on the roads. I can do anything on the roads at the moment. But then I'm just tired from a run that I did once, you know. Um, and I think it's really important to just, you kind of mould the, the training that you give someone based on what it is that they're aiming for. And that's kind of like what you're doing with you know this guy yeah and then an example of, for me is to do that to someone like me who is like oh you're going to do trails for six months let's get you ready for t- trail terrain and running and it's kind of something that you would do with uh, someone doing 800 meters on the track you would say we need to get you power lifting we need to get you in spikes we need to get you doing you know 50 meter flyers you know you really need to you know, go from one extreme to the other and whether you're doing, you know, 100 miles, 100K, 50Ks, whatever it is that you're doing, it's really got to fit the mould of where that athlete is and what event that they're targeting and by balancing it out with things like elliptical to manage your stress load or whether you're just getting on the bike just to keep some fitness without impact or just getting in the gym and being strong they're all things that you can really put into some you know baking a cake you you want to have all the right ingredients and you know you can't just put eggs and expect a cake you need <laughs> a bit of flour you need a bit of sugar a bit of butter and all together it can make a beautiful cake but you miss some of the ingredients you can kind of get something that's not so tasty yeah. <laughs> no that's good and yeah i reckon on that like when you training contextually and specifically for the event um there's obviously like aspects of that event that you're like oh these are fundamentals uh for a successful performance for that event but you've also got to understand where that individual sits um with those fundamentals so for example you know like you for example dion like you're quite a resilient robust runner um and and for you like um uh like when like you might be able to introduce a little bit less trail running in the lead up for a for a trail event compared to 
um, you know, someone who's new to it might have to do it over a six month uh, journey and, and just slowly introduce it very in a slow, slow, yeah. slow form. You might be adding, I know I can, yeah. I know I can get away with it as well because I've done a fair amount of trails in the past. And so I kind of, in my mind, I know that I can do it. It's just about the body just also needs to be conditioned as well. But yeah, like someone that hadn't ever ran on the trails, they need to have m much more of an emphasis on it than what I do. I did like one tr or two trail runs in the last two months. And I still managed to do this 50K and like we did 3K hill. It just kept going. We did 700 meters in like three Ks. It killed me. I had to like walking up this hill, I was getting like a really sore back from, you know, extending kind of looking up but then also had to like stand and just like catch my breath because I was doing like a tempo walking eight, nine minute Ks. But then to go down, I knew I had the legs and I just passed anyone that was, you know, I got caught going up the hill, but then going down, I didn't see anyone for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, yeah. And they've had 35 Ks by myself. <laughs> um, but I know that I've got the background to kind of, um, confidently do that where someone else like you you know I had another guy doing one of the runs on the weekend and I was like just trail shoes um, and it was a short run and he wore road shoes and he was like oh, I, I definitely need trail shoes yeah. um, it was like oh it's 14k it'll just be out and back it'll be easy having ran the trails the day before I was like you need trail shoes yeah. um, and, and you get that experience with the more that you do it. And, you know, I hadn't ran out in Warburton before. And so now I, I would know for next time, I'll be like, you need to do some really long climbs and start doing some, you know, single leg balance and just making sure that, you know, you, you're just a, a strong runner, especially if it's something that you're going to do more than one event of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And I guess the, the art is like knowing how much and, how often and then how long do you do it for? But you only learn that through trial and error um, and how you pull up and being honest with yourself. Like, uh, you know, how sore am I? Um, you know, how, how long did it take to recover? Uh, do I need to have next week off um, doing it at all and, and just give myself a, a down week? Um, like, I, I guess it, it, there's, there's no one size fits all with that kind of stuff. And, and that's where the, the art of it all comes into it because everyone's so different and everyone's history is so different. Um, like on that, I wanted to talk about like just the last thing it was about certain groups have certain systems that they do like, and you always look at their training and it always seems to be the somewhat the same. Um, yeah. so like you look at Melbourne trap club and they're always doing one K reps, um, you know, it, every uh, Tuesday or, um, or some kind of eight to 12 Ks of, of intervals on the track. Um, uh, you know, they might, when they're up at falls, they might do some hills, like 800 meter hill reps. Um, they might do quarters um, and, or Monaghetti fartlek. Yeah, but that's the same with Chris Wardlaw's sort of um, approach. Like there's some kind of weekly system um, I think like having a system is okay, like because um, obviously it's worked for so many people. I think any 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 time a group has a system, they change they change the training session um, uh, for the for the individual. So say someone's coming back from injury, 
they might jump in and still do the 1K reps, but they might just do 500 meters with the group and then have a bit longer recovery. So you're still training with other people, enjoying that group effect. Um, but for, for them, that might be an introductory kind of speed session rather than like, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's really sort of um, heavy VO2 max stimulus. Like, so it's, um, and, and, and I've seen that with the group I coach a lot. Like everyone's at different levels, but often, you know, the core group is doing a similar session and then you're like, how do I justify this in terms of being specifically individual and perfect for everyone at the same time? But I guess, you know, people are doing it either slightly slightly slower, slightly faster, a few more reps, uh, slightly short, shorter distances, but there is a power of like, you know, all training together and making it a bit easier. Um, so for group systems, um, and training the individual, uh, you can make it work. Um, you just got to be s honest and smart with with where the athlete is, and make sure that um, uh, the athlete's not sort of um, yeah, just ignoring um, where they should be at, and and training completely beyond that. It's all right to like use others as like a bit of a um, a carrot at times, um, but there's always a time and place. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah, the sort of training systems approach. Um, yeah, I use it. Other people use it here and there. Um, yeah. I yeah. use it as well. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, I think just do your warm up together. You know, maybe you do five minutes instead of ten minutes, or you do ten minutes instead of twenty minutes warm up with the group, and you just start ten minutes in, so you finish with them or. Um, maybe you do the first 10 minutes and then you do some activations before the session or whatever it is. And then you, you know, like the one K reps example, you get them doing 500 meters, a bit more recovery, or maybe they do the one K, but they just do it a bit slower and then they just do less reps and you can really work on that depending on who the person is. And we do that, um, with our group sessions that we do it on a timed cycle. Some people might not get back to or might not finish the rep by the time the next one starts. So we say you do a couple hundred metres less and you'll still get a similar amount of recovery, but you're doing shorter, so it's more catered to you. And, you know, maybe you you want to build up to do your first ever 10K, so we'll just get you doing a couple of reps and then you cool down while everyone else finishes the rest of the session. And that's, that's a way that you can have an inclusive environment then people are getting something that's more catered to what they're targeting. And that's, and I think that's like that network effect that people want to come and meet with each other and um, yeah. And then just see that other people are, are also pushing themselves and you know that, oh, well, if I don't go, someone's going to message me and wondering where I've been or whatever it is. So I think the groups are great, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah, I've done handicaps. Um, and yeah, I remember last week, uh, also, um, yeah, just getting one of the guys to just do 200 of our 300 meter reps. He ran through the middle, met us for the, the next part of the rep. He was new to the group. So I just got him to do four reps like that to see how he felt. Um, and then the last, we had a big grab back, uh, uh, break in the middle. And then he was right. He, he, he decided, on himself like to go all right i can do the four 300 reps with the group after this and and it was his decision um kind of thing which 
yeah, I, I mean, like he felt his way into the session, got to know what we were doing because he didn't know us from a bar of soap um, and then decided uh, on himself that he could keep up and he really enjoyed it. So it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, th I think, um, yeah, exactly. Like you can, everyone's, tr you know, got a different weakness or strength and you can tailor the sessions just slightly differently, whether it's a bigger group, uh, bigger break or, they're just doing a snippet of the rep, but at a faster pace than they normally uh, would have to do it. Um, or, yeah, and then, or like you said, like if they need to work a bit more on certain activations or rehab, um, they can they can do a shorter warm up and, and work on on those individualized kind of aspects in that in that time. So, yeah, I think that type of training is really important, and you see it at the AFL football level, you see it at all the professional sports kind of level all the time. It's, it's the, you know, 30 years ago, they all trained the same and it was sort of, all right, just train hard and we all train together. And, and the first person to break, um, is the weakest link kind of thing, but it's, it's certainly, um, uh, sports science has certainly, um, evolved since, since then. And, and, and it's, um, and if you, if you want to sort of, um, yeah, maximize your potential and also probably um uh, reduce your time on the sideline um you're better off um training a bit more sort of within your wheelhouse and where you're at um and and tailoring it a bit more to to yourself um and and you see that with yeah like i said the afl football clubs with the ruckmen or the senior players um doing their own thing and then the juniors doing their own thing or the rovers or the midfielders doing their own thing, backmen and forwards doing their own thing, um, and and then the whole group doing certain things together as well. So, it, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think I think we it'd be good to yeah make sure that everyone understands that message of of individualizing individualizing training um, a little bit more and and the nuances. There's also obviously like fundamental aspects that. Um, training for a certain event entails, uh, like I've mentioned, but then understanding that everyone's slightly different in whether it's from a communication standpoint or, um, yeah, yeah, psychological sort of social standpoint or whether it's just from a, yeah, training history, injury history, uh, mechanical or physiological standpoint, we're all a little bit different and we all should appreciate that and um, not just copy each other's training um, we can, uh, if we've got someone that we admire and, and we feel like they're pretty similar to ourselves in some ways, then we can certainly like use them as like a role model. Um, but I do like what you said also down about, yeah, it's good to have like a, a mentor that you really trust that you can, you know, take some of these ideas that you might see, um, around about the place on a podcast or on social media, and you can talk to your overarching mentor or coach and um yeah. and discuss oh how relevant is this to me do i just ignore it or do i you know take a little bit of this on board um does it apply to me at all um and you and you can sort of nut it out a little bit better um rather than just feeling like you're you're sort of a bit all over the place um and just copying a bit of this copying a bit of that it's good to sort of understand um what's relevant to you and your event that you're training for and what you can sort of ignore, especially in this information age. Yeah. Cause yeah, you can have any information that you're looking for. It's in your hand, you know? So yeah, it, it's important that like you, you have someone that you 
trust and you you know there's someone that you would either see regularly or you know the context of why they're doing something and then you know like for me i'm training for 100k like i wouldn't suggest anyone copy what i'm doing because it's not appropriate for someone doing 10ks so i i know that like what i would say to someone doing 10ks but for someone to try and just copy what i'm doing at the moment is also not appropriate so understanding what they're what each person will be um say your mentor or something what they're targeting it's important to know what they're doing so that you also know does this apply to me yeah oh exactly like um yeah in terms of like just listening to you talk then i think an ideal sort of mentor or coach that will help you sort of work out how to individually train would be um you feel like they know you very well. Um, they know your life. They they know bits and pieces um, uh, of your social sort of psych, psychosocial sort of life. Like, um, yeah. yeah, sort of almost like a life coach. Um, not just your training. They know your training history, so they know you. But they know the event that you're training for, whether they've trained for it themselves or they've also coached a lot of people in that event. So they know what you're training for and the in, ins and outs of that event. That you trust them and they trust you, um, so you can have like an open dialogue with them. And sometimes it can be harsh um, because you're just trying to get the honest truth. Um, and so you, you you're not just sort of inflating each other's sort of. Um, you're not just trying to make each other feel good. You're sort of trying to get an honest honest answer. Um, yeah, I think and that that sort of um, they're the four points that I think detail is like a pretty good mentor coach um that can help you sort of understand yourself and and your event yeah yeah definitely i think we've covered like a lot of things that people will be like oh yeah that's a, of course that makes sense you yeah know? and that's kind of and that's kind of what it's about yeah yeah exactly and i think a lot of things in life do like they're pretty there's as long as we keep it simple and and then people sort of leave this chat going oh, okay that that was pretty pretty above board and, and easy to understand um, because it's easy to get a bit sort of lost um, in the information out there. Um, but um, if this actually uh, makes a few people go, oh, hang on, um, yeah, I might just ask so-and-so because I trust them. Um, they know me, they know the event I'm training for and they're open to a lot of information so that they're not just sort of biased in, in some way. Um, they'll, they'll give me an honest, honest um, answer. Um, yeah, and, and we've talked about a lot of lot of examples where training um, can be tailored to the individual. So, yeah, thanks so much for the chat, Dion. Loved it. You've got to go. I've got to go. Um, we'll do this again sometime. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, mate, and keep running. Thank you. You too, mate. <laughs>